What's going on, everyone? This is Uchain Joku, the Sneaker Principal. And in this episode of the Sneaker Principal podcast, I have for you a special interview slash conversation that I had with our chancellor, David C. Banks, chancellor of New York City Schools. And um, the focus of the conversation was words of wisdom and advice for aspiring school leaders. So those of you who are teachers, who are assistant principals, who are aspiring to go to the next level. So whether it's going to uh, deanships and assistant principalships and principalships and superintendencies, what are the things that you should be doing and keeping in your mind as you're developing your skill sets? And also as school leaders, what are we doing to also identify and raise up the talents in our schools? So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing episode. All right, see you guys soon. And now he's been promoted. His job, principal. Again, thank you so much for making the time out for this. Um, and uh, again, I want to appreciate you and, and give you your flowers for even for the initial podcast podcast that we did over oof, 2000, that was 2020, 2021. Isn't that something? And, That's right. Yes, man. sir. Yes, yeah. sir. And, um, and uh, here we are. Um, so today I just, I, I really want to stand in, in, in the gap for, for our aspiring teachers, our aspiring school leaders, our new and newish school leaders. Um, yep. One of the things, uh, someone who has been in this game for a while and, and has done it on such a high level, um, <laughs> I just have some questions for you for them. And sure. the first question I do have for you is this. Um, how has school leadership changed post-COVID-19 uh, you know, and in in its very different facets, and and what do aspiring leaders have to look forward to in in the role, in the various roles in school leadership? First of all, I still think I think that school leadership is one of the most um, amazing positions that anybody could have. I've I found it deeply fulfilling, particularly at the school level. Um, the best job that I ever had was being principal of a school. Uh, because, because every day brings a new energy, um, new issues, new challenges. It's fast paced. It's a lot of stuff that you just have to deal with. Now, and everybody's not cut out to deal with that. Uh, but if you have the kind of orientation that is about solving problems, being flexible, <laughs> being resilient, adaptable, um, I, I think that, you know, when you are faced with times like this, which come with even greater challenges, it, it, it's, it's the best time to be a leader. Best time to be a leader is when you're in moments of, of crisis and challenge and all kinds of issues that are happening every day. I mean, I just became the chancellor and it's amazing. Every single day is is a rush. Because it, it, while some people would shy away and say, there's so many issues, so many challenges. Oh my God, you got the hardest job out. I don't look at it that way. I, I welcome the opportunity to rise to the challenge. And, and for school leaders and those who are seeking to be school leaders, um, if you are cut as a person and you're cut from that cloth of flexibility, innovation, ingenuity, problem solving, uh, and you like dealing with people, whether that's students, teachers, parents, 
community members, elected officials, um, then there's no greater time to be uh, a, a, a principal. So the, the narrative Uche, Uche is often written very negatively, right, about just how hard things are and how tough things are and all the rest of that. And yeah, they are. They're tough challenges. Life can be tough. Life has ebbs and flows, good times and bad times. We're in some tough, challenging times now, but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I, and I think it's a great opportunity for real leaders, not just people who are looking for a job as a leader. There's a difference between having the job of a school leader and being a true school leader. So, so, so it's a, might be, it's more of a challenge for somebody who just wants the job. But if you enjoy leading and helping people through trial and tribulation, no better time than now. This is the time, this is the time when real, real leaders, as we say, real leaders stand up. And that's what this is. So, um, uh, that's what I feel. In your time as a principal and in your various roles in school leadership, in school system leadership, um, how did you identify, you know, those aspiring leaders? What was it that you looked for or the, those aha moments where you were like, okay, this person here, I need to feed into, I need to pour into this person and elevate them. Yeah. What are those things that we should be looking for? I look for people who are deeply committed Number one, I look at people who connect really well, not only with kids, but probably more importantly with adults. Uh, what I mean by that is when you're the principal of the school, you're not a teacher. You now are charged with leading adults who are then responsible for the work that they do with the kids. Um, I would tell people all the time, they would say, you know, I don't care about the politics. I don't, I don't care about all that community stuff. I just love kids. Well, you should be a teacher. If you want to be a leader of adults, that's what it is. When you are a principal, you are a leader of adults. And your job is to inspire those adults and to give them the necessary tools to help the kids. You're not the one that's doing the direct work with the kids anymore. There's certainly things that you can do to maintain connection. But I mean, by and large, that's not how you're spending your time every day. You got to make sure that the adults have what they need. The faculty has what they need. So when I look for what I was looking for as a principal, I was looking for people who have that that passion. You know, who don't who don't run out of the building at three o'clock, um, who put in that extra time, effort, energy, demonstrating um, just they care. I look for folks who can stand up in front of a group of adults also and lead those adults and make real connection. I look for people who are smart, people who are hardworking, uh, and people who really give a damn and want to grow and to get better, who don't act like they know it all. Um, and people you enjoy being around. Right? There's some people from a content standpoint, they can do the work, but folks don't like them. And they don't particularly care so much for people. <laughs> That's not the people that I look for. I look for the people who, you know, look like they can be uh, adaptable, uh, work well with other people, and really care. And, um, and are willing to put in that time, effort, and energy. So when you start talking about, hey, there's a professional development opportunity, or there's another experience I want you to see, but it's on Thursday night at 8 o'clock, um, 
When you see people resist that or they're shy about doing that, they may not be the ones who are the most prepared to become the leaders that in the way that I look for leaders. Um, I tell people about opportunities that are happening on Saturday afternoons. People say, oh, no, no, no. I just want a job that's a, you know, eight to three, Monday through Friday. That's it. Anything after that, I don't have time for that. Those are not the folks that I look for. I look for folks who think beyond what their contract reads. I look for people who think beyond the boundaries of what would be normalized and think beyond the normal um, to push past that, to create a new normal. And you can see that. I, you, I can see that. I've always been a pretty good judge of talent on that. You can tell in the conversations that you have. You can tell by the way that these folks interact with other people, um, the kinds of things that they produce academically, social, emotionally, you know, who's really good. I, I worked with a woman once. She was a fifth grade teacher. She might have been one of the best teachers I ever saw. I mean, she was amazing. Her results were phenomenal. I would have never recommended her for school leadership. She didn't, she didn't like adults. <laughs> she, didn't, she, she didn't like sharing. She wasn't a particularly nice person. Um, but she was very good in her lane. And sometimes that's what it is. You, you have to stay in that lane. But a leadership lane has to be somebody who's more nimble, who's more flexible, um, who listens, who doesn't think that they have all the answers and is willing to grow. Um, and in that growing process, people are inspired by them. People want to work for them. That's what I look for in leaders. So when... So take us back to your you as a teacher, you know, and what was the what was the moment that you realized, okay, I think I want to go in that direction? Was it something that you realized or is it something that somebody else saw in you? And what was that journey from being in the classroom to maybe being an AP or a dean or what whatever came next for you? It's interesting for me. My story is a little bit different than most, so I don't know how fully applicable it is, but you know, I was a teacher in Brooklyn at an elementary school, I had no intention of continuing as a teacher, much less becoming a school leader. My, my, my ultimate goal was I was going to go to law school and become a lawyer. And teaching in many ways was almost a um, stepping stone for me. I had started to have a family. Um, I enjoyed teaching. I enjoyed the kids. And I said, I'll do this for a few years. But this, I didn't go to school to be a teacher. That was not my my life's dream. Um, so it became something that I kind of stumbled into, if you will. Um, and I never thought while I was a teacher about becoming a school leader, I actually left. I went to law school at night. And, um, and when I was done, I went and worked for the city and I worked for the state attorney general's office. I thought my education career was in the rearview mirror. Um, but as fate would have it, uh, I, I decided to leave the attorney general's office and actually come back to education. And that's for very personal reasons. Really, I'm a person of faith, and I really felt as though I heard uh, that voice that said, yeah, you could be an elected official, you could be a lawyer, you could do a whole lot of stuff, but here's where I need you to be. And I heard that voice, and that is what guided me back into education. I didn't think I was coming back in education. And I wound up going back to school to get my certification to be a school administrator. 
So there was never anything that was happening that I was conscious of while I was a teacher that drove me to become a school leader. It was after I left school altogether. And I think what prompted it, when I say that voice, it wasn't just some mystical thing. I, I, I really feel like God speaks to me through people, right? Through the experiences and the conversations that I have with other people. And I get to those aha moments. Those aha moments for me are like God moments. And, um, and it was about three different people who said the same thing to me as I was pondering what I wanted my future to be. And each one of these are people I'd known for years, I had great respect for, separate and apart from each other. Each one of them essentially said the same thing. After hearing me kind of go on about life, what I thought my future would be, what I might do, what I could do, what are the possibilities, every one of them kept coming back and saying, when you talk about and you reflect on the time when you were a teacher and your experiences with kids and education, you light up. They say, you talk about all this other stuff and the law and everything else, and it's kind of mundane. But when you talk about kids and your experience with kids, you may not even recognize it. You come to life. That's your gift. That's where you're supposed to be. And by the time the third person said that to me, probably within a six-month period, is when I had my aha moment. And, and, and so it wasn't it had nothing to do with me, with what I was doing in school. And I decided after taking a class or some professional development, I think I should be a, nope, I, that's not how it happened. It happened for me away from schools. I had already been out of schools for a couple of years um, that I got, I heard the voice to come back. That's how it played out for me. A little different probably than most, but that's the way it happened for me. Thank you for that. Um, if I could just share this quickly, uh, I came to New York City as a teaching fellow in 2005 because my aunt, besides that time, I was applying to law school. And my aunt had told me, you know what, just get those LSAT scores a little bit higher. But in the meantime, do, do something that can make your resume look really good. So uh, I was like, okay, two years, New York City, teaching fellows, get that master's, then apply to law school. Two years turned to 17 years. So <laughs> so I, I could definitely appreciate your journey. Um, the uh, now, going back to um, one question I do have, there are a lot of pipelines in, in the city, in different spaces for developing um, school leaders. Um, a question I do have is for, is especially around school leaders of color, you know, um, nationwide, um, the, the latest data that I saw, about 10.7% or let's say 11% of all um, school administrators are, are black and about 14% are Hispanic. Um, and, um, and again, you know, as a principal, um, I've had many times students have come to me and said, Mr. Njoku, you're the first mm-hmm. black principal I ever had in my whole entire life, you know? Yep. And, um, and which shocks me. I grew up in, I grew up in Los Angeles, Inglewood, California. My principal was black. My APs were black. I, mm. I grew up in a, in a black suburb. So I didn't realize how unique my experience was. Right. You know? So one of the questions I, uh, I, that comes to me often from, teachers who are considering you know leadership is yep. um is how do i even start you know what do i do you know um do i become a dean or do i you know like what is it that these people who are in these spaces who are considering it you know w- what should be their first steps 
as far as, you know, starting to move in that in that direction? Well, I know you have a national show, but if you're in New York City, you should join an organization like BU, Black, Black Influencers United. It's a great place for people to gather, to learn, to share, to grow. And so uh, shout out to BU. Um, and in other places, they've got other like, organi- you know, like-minded folks and organizations uh, like that. Um, shout out to Al Van, um, uh, uh, Assemblyman Van, who just passed away a few days ago. Um, and he was a great legislative mind and political leader. But uh, early in his career, he was a teacher. And he created the Black Teachers Association. Um, and I say that because... BU is the latest iteration of that. But finding your, your tribe, as they say, finding that community that will support that, you have to find mentors um, who will lead you and guide you. People like the New York State uh, uh, Chancellor, uh, uh, Dr. Lester Young, you know, he's been a mentor to me for many, many years. Ernie Logan, who used to be the head of the principal's a union in New York City, um, been a mentor to me for many years. Dr. Adelaide Sanford, who used to sit on the Board of Regents, she's, I think, 97 years old now, something like that. Um, she, I, I sought out her counsel and so many others um, who you learn from and you grow from, who help you to understand about leadership. And then there's the more traditional leadership pipeline, you know, um, that you can find, uh, and there are a myriad of them. But it's about, to me, asking those critical questions that are really burning questions in your own mind of people who sit in the seat. And I have met principals who've been very good. I've met principals who are decent. And I've met principals who I would never send my child to their school. Um, But I engage all of them because every one of them has something to teach you. So that is very important. Um, but I start with the question of, and it's a simple question, but it's why. Why do you want to be a school leader? And you need to be able to answer that in, in ways, I think, that are relevant for young people, relevant for families and community. Because if your desire to be a school leader is based purely on your own ambition, um, I don't think you're the kind of person that should be a school leader. It should be based upon a thriving spirit that you have inside of you that wants to improve community and doing it through the lens of school leadership. Otherwise, it's just your own naked ambition about what you want for you. Um, I, 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 I prefer people who are doing it for what I call all the right reasons. That's about how do you help kids? You can help kids. Uh, you make their schools better. You make their communities better. Uh, and you help their families at the same time. So do it for the right reasons. You should desire to do it for all the right reasons, not just what's in it for you. And, uh, and then surround yourselves with, with mentors who, um, who can help you. Even before you make the decision, surround yourself with people who sat in the seat who can give you real guidance, real stories, real anecdotes 
that will help you to figure out whether or not this is something you think you want to do in the first place. Because sometimes you might think you want to be a school leader, but after you talk to a number of school leaders, particularly people outside of your own building, if you're a teacher in your own building, and the only leader you're getting exposed to are just the people in your school. That's very that's a very limited view. And so, you know, you, you want to talk to a wide range of people and figure out that's your best path forward. In closing, um, what wisdoms, advice would you give to new and newish school um, school leaders, principals, APs, even teacher leaders going into the 2022-23 school year? I would say uh, two things. One, build relationships and actively reimagine the school experience. Building relationships is critically important if you want to help kids None of us have all the answers. So you want to build relationships with people outside of your school that can ultimately work to the benefit of all the people, not only the kids who go to your schools, but the adults who work in your building as well, because they also need time and attention. Um, so building relationships is important. Building relationships within your school. You should have a good relationship with all the folks who work in your building. You know, you don't want to be the principal as known as the guy or gal who's in their office all day long. And you're you're untouchable. I used to have something that I call uh, management by walking around. <laughs> right? Like yes, I, I have meetings in the hallways. Um, being ever present, I think is, is important. I used to greet my kids at the front door every day with a solid handshake as they walk into the building. You could read them right away. What are the issues? What are the needs? Those are things I think that are important. But beyond that, those, those are the daily machinations of being a school leader. But what sets the frame for the daily is what's the vision? What are we ultimately trying to achieve? Why do we go to school in the first place? You know, what, do you, what do you want your legacy to be as a school leader? Reimagine the school experience. Coming off of this pandemic, I think it became crystal clear that, you know, the way we have been doing school did not and does not work for lots of kids. I'm surprised more kids don't drop out of our schools. We have a lot of kids who never drop out, but they've already checked out. They're still in the building. They're still in the seat, but they're not fully engaged. And they're not fully engaged because school is boring. It's irrelevant. It's not connected to anything for them. Um, those are some of the things I'm looking at changing as the head of the entire system. But if you're a school leader, you want to every day, all day, be thinking about how do I make this school experience for all of our kids and our teachers joyful, relevant, meaningful. Worst thing in the world would be the biggest indictment on a school leader. If you ask most of the kids in the building, they all raised their hand and said, I don't like my school, it's boring. I put that on leadership. Yes, what, kind of, what kind of structures are you putting in place? Are, are you inspiring your kids? Are you inspiring your teachers to do better, to do more, to do different? Um, that's what it is. We, we're living in a world now that is moving faster than it's ever moved before with the rate of change. The 21st century economy is on and popping. And there's so many opportunities out here. But for far too many schools and school leaders, it might as well be 1950. They're what? moving in age-old ways, except they may have smart boards in the front of the room. 
got to think out of the box, think innovative, awesome. right? To be much more bold around what we're doing. That's what our system needs. That's what our kids need. That's what our communities need. Out of the box thinking. And you have to challenge yourself as a leader to never stop learning and growing and use your time also to get better yourself. And when you get better yourself and you grow, then you're able to help lead your school to grow as well. Chancellor Banks, thank you so much for uh, for these wisdoms. And uh, I look forward to uh, engaging with you again sometime in the near future. And um, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Brother Uche. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right, now, take a care. Welcome back. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of um, the Sneaker Principal podcast. I have to say that uh, having an opportunity to sit with uh, our chancellor, David Banks, and really engage in a conversation that's pertinent to the needs of the rank and file, you know, especially when we talk about those of us who, you know, at one point in time, I was one of those people who was in the classroom asking myself, could I do this work? Can I be the dean, assistant principal, and maybe even the principal? And, um, and the 17-year journey that I've been on has been one of ups and downs, you know, sideways swings. But however, um, I had the inspiration of many great school leaders who were willing to pull me up and guide me and give me and pour into me and give me wisdoms that allowed me to move forward. So I hope this conversation has the same impact on those of you who are sitting in classrooms right now, who might be, you know, sitting in as teacher leaders, um, as, um, as uh, the plethora of roles that we have in schools. And this is not just about New York City schools. This is about the whole entire country. Because at the end of the day, you know, there are millions and millions of children across our schools, across this country, and they're also equally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of teachers and support staff and people in our schools who are serving children who are asking themselves, can I one day lead in space in these spaces? So um, I want to encourage you if you're out there right now and you're, and you're saying to yourself, hey, hey, I might be a school aide. I might be a, a, a paraprofessional. I might just be a first year teacher. You know, a lot of the things you heard in this episode um, are true wisdoms and um and 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 embedded uh uh you know guideposts pointing you in directions and things you should be doing in preparation for a future that may, that might seem to you at this point in time implausible. When I was a te- listen, when I was a first year teacher in two thousand five, if you had told me I'd be sitting here right now as a high school principal, but not only that, even sitting with you know Chancellor David Banks ha- having this conversation. I would have told you that you're out of your mind. But again, I saw it and I told myself I wanted to be in that space, not just for me, but to really impact young people and children and our families and our communities. And um, and a lot of the things that Chancellor Banks shared with us, I actually implemented. And I actually had people who were my mentors who actually poured into me and guided me in that journey. So um, again, hopefully this, this was inspirational. Please do me a huge favor and drop a like, um, share this content. Let's 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 really um, use this confirmation to inspire our young people and those of us who are in this field, regardless of where you are in your journey as an educator, or even if you're just a parent or a student. Let's use this confirmation to really 
improve our schools, our school communities, our, even our communities. Um, and with that being said, this is Uche and Joku, Sneaker Principal, and uh, I look forward to seeing you very soon. All right, be well. And now he's been promoted. His job, principal. Let's see it.